Hi, my name is Lydia. And I'm Emma. And we're the hosts of Holy Ship. We are passionate about creating a space for women to talk about sexuality, their bodies, and all things relationships. We think that for so long, Christian spheres have often failed to address these topics with women in a healthy, shame-free, and open way. So welcome to Holy Ship, where we address all the taboo topics in a way that is honoring to you, your relationships, and God. Well, welcome back to our part two episode with Matt from Restored Ministries. For this week, we are going to be talking about rewiring and what that process looks like. So yeah, I guess my first question would just be, what exactly does the rewiring process look like? Yeah, I mean, there's a few different components to rewiring the brain for sure. Um, the brain is is fluid. Like that, that's that's one of the coolest things that has come up in research over the last 10 or 20 years is that a lot of people used to think like, okay, we've got brain cells and once they're dead, they're dead and like you can't really change things, but you really can change your brain. And, um, you, know, you know, I think it's cool that in scripture it talks about being transformed by the renewing of your mind. And it's like, it's renewed, like it's made new you're, and you're, you literally think differently. And so a lot of people, it's like, man, I'm, 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 a, you know, I, I'm a new person. I don't feel like that person. Even for me, sometimes my wife, I mean, I've been free of porn for eight, eight years um, and married for six. So I didn't watch porn in my marriage. I didn't watch porn when I even knew her, but she, she sometimes will bring it up and it's like, how many women did you see? And there's this insecurity that comes up in her maybe twice a year or something like that. But I just say to her, I'm like, to be honest with you, honey, I actually like, it doesn't make sense with how many thousands of women that and guys that I would have seen, but I literally can almost remember none. Like my mind, I'm so different. And my mind it has gone through this process, I guess that the Lord has probably helped take some of my memories away, but um it's a, it, it's a, it's a, it's a process that's really cool to go through when you experience it. And so my, my journey personally was when I got free of porn for a couple of years, when I was 21, I remember walking around my young adults church and, and sorry, if this sounds bad, but I'm just being real. I, I would look at women or girls and I wanted to date. I wanted to get married. And I would think to myself, I'm like, there's nobody that's good looking. Like there was nobody that I thought was attractive, nobody. And cause it's like, nobody measured up to what I saw in pornography. Mm -hmm. But then probably after about a year of being out of porn, all of a sudden it flipped. And it was like, I could see beauty in everybody. Mm -hmm. And like, even somebody who's like not super attractive, I'm like, oh, but they're like cute there. Like they have beautiful eyes or like, I could see that in people. And so then it was like almost everybody that I looked at, um, there there was some beauty and then it kind of I would say came back to normal I meet my wife I think she's the most beautiful girl that there is and then it's like I can still recognize beauty but I don't necessarily have to lust after people and so it took some time for my brain to come back to normal and be able to live in that way but what things that you can do to intentionally rewire your brain um there's there's what you can do and what you shouldn't do and what you shouldn't do is continually be lusting so if you can picture it, um, there's neural pathways in your brain. And when they're not being fed, they, they start to die off. And so the neural pathways, it, it typically takes, I, I don't know, there's different science on it, but it takes a bit of time for neural pathways 
that have been formed that that are continually leading you to do a certain activity like watch pornography when you don't watch pornography those neural pathways start to die off and lose power in your brain um then a separate process is the dopamine receptors that have been set up to 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 um to activate the the delta fos b that creates a neural pathway if that makes sense if you don't if this is confusing to you you can go back and listen to the last episode that we recorded but but basically i guess to summarize dopamine um is something that's released in our brain it's a feel-good chemical and it sets off this pattern of delta fos b which is a protein um developing neural pathways in our brain that lead us to continually watching porn and so when you're not watching porn uh, when you're not even in, in masturbating, when you're not dwelling in fantasy, those neural pathways start to die off. Then the dopamine receptors, they start to die off. And so there comes a time where it's like, I don't know how to feel good in life and I'm very uncomfortable. And so I don't know what to do because watching pornography was the only thing that I experienced that got me this high in my brain. And so now I don't get that. So now what do I do? But God in the Bible gives us hints. He talks about rejoicing always, never cease praying, um, you know, worship, be thankful and give thanks in all circumstances. And when they do MRI scans, people that meditate, there's dopamine that's released in their brain. People that give thanks, when you give thanks, you're happy. What happens when you're happy? Dopamine gets released in your brain. God is like, give thanks in all circumstances. Um, it creates new neural pathways in your brain. And so when you're constantly, like scripture talks about train yourself in godliness, like look at what is godly in Bible and in the Bible and train yourself in it. So give thanks in all, in all circumstances. Okay, I don't get that. Some circumstances suck in life. Some are really hard. Like, why would I give thanks? But guys in our program, they're like, holy man, like this is transformative for me, learning how to give thanks in every circumstance. Because when you're giving thanks, your heart is full, your brain is releasing dopamine in a good way. And so you don't need to escape into porn and the neural pathways in your brain that lead to porn. Now, all of a sudden, they've lost their strength because you're giving thanks and you're forming new neural pathways. And so... There's a, ver there, there's a variety of things that you can do. Exercise is another good one. Um, we had a, we had a, I don't even know, he's a neuro, neuropsychiatrist, neuropsychologist, something, some big 17 letter title that, that, we, <laughs> that we had speak at one of our conferences before COVID and everything got locked down. But, but he came to speak at our conferences and he was talking about like the importance and he emphasized it, the importance of exercise and eating healthy in rewiring your brain against pornography. And so, I mean, there's been studies on this with different addictions. People that are addicted eat more chips, drink more pop, eat more fast food. Those are addictive behaviors. And often if there's the, that addictive behavior, it's going to lead to another one. Mm -hmm. And so if you, you know, eat more salads, eat more veggies, you're forming discipline in your life, but you're also feeding your body. You're, you're giving your brain nutrients to grow in a way that it should, that it should grow. And so it, all of these things that are just healthy living, it, 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 it helps rewire your brain. Um, but some things are kind of commonly known, like exercise, like eating well. The things that are less commonly emphasized are really the importance of just like being still, be quiet. Um, give, like I'll say it again, give thanks in all, in all circumstances. Learn how to rejoice. Like even if you're a terrible singer like me, like learn how to sing a song that is a praise to God. 
Um, maybe one other thing that I'll touch on is, is creativity. Porn crushes creativity in our lives because when you're bored, boredom is so good for kids. Um, we have that with our, with our son. I mean, we had a nephew live with us for, for a while and they're six months apart. So our son now is three and the other one was six months younger. So they would play together a lot, but now he's not with us, his nephew or our nephew. And so our son now is alone because our other one is 10 months old. And so our son's three years old. He often will just play on his own. We sometimes can feel bad, like, oh, he's alone. We want to play with him. But it's actually so good for a kid to be bored and to use their imagination and, and, and learn, like, okay, I can, like, see a spatula and come up with 17 different games to play with a spatula. Like, it's wild. Salad spinner, it's my favorite toy. I'm like, what? Like, how do you know all these different things to do with salad spinner? But it's because they're bored and they have to think. And so it's the same with us. When we're bored, and we're addicted to porn, we go to porn every time. But if we're wanting to rewire our pathways in our brain, maybe when you're bored, learn how to write a poem. Maybe read a book, maybe write a book. Maybe uh, learn a skill, learn a woodworking skill, draw a picture, um, you know, wa watch comedy and study comedy, see if you can write jokes. Find, I mean, it could be anything. There's an endless amount of ways to be creative, but find ways to be creative. Talk to people who do things that maybe you don't do. Maybe you can volunteer. Maybe you can, um, uh, uh, you know, write letters to somebody anonymously every month. I mean, there's different ways to be creative in your life. And what that does is it gets your brain thinking in a new way that leads to fulfillment in your life. And so next time you're bored, instead of your brain being used to when you're bored, go to porn. Next time when you're bored, you're like, oh, I could go bless somebody again. I could go write another poem. That was fun. And so your brain is being rewired for health. Oh, I really love that, especially the creativity one. I've never really thought about like anything in that way before. So really yeah. Like another one is music. We had somebody over last week, my wife and I, just friends, but he was saying that, and I haven't looked into this, but I'm sure that it's right. Um, but he was saying that a lot of top students in school, if you, if you look, they're, um, they're musical. And their brain has just been so activated. I know that when you're studying, if you have classical music going, it does something in your brain. Um, pregnant women, if they play a lot of classical music, the, the brain activity of their child increases rather than if they don't. So there's that creativity that comes from playing music even. And I'm not musical, but some, now I'm like, as an adult, I'm like, oh, I wish that I could. And we just got a piano actually, because my wife being a stay-at-home mom, with two kids, three when we had our nephew, she's like, oh, I need an outlet. So she got a piano just to have a creative outlet. Um, she likes painting. She likes, uh, you know, even she'll buy a picture frame and just paint the frame a different color. But it's just have, have any outlet that you can think of to be creative and it really helps your brain. Oh, that's awesome. Um, how long does like a rewiring process normally take? Is there like a standard time? Does it kind of change per person? What does that look like? Yeah, I mean, I, I was hesitating to go there because there's just different studies on it. Um, mm -hmm. We had a doctor on our podcast talk about three months that your brain can really be wired in three or rewired in three months. Um, and so some people with that, they'll talk about like a 90 day period of in marriage of not having any sex where you're just mm -hmm. letting your brain come back to normal, get rewired, and then you can come back together and have sex in marriage after 90 days. Um, but there's other 
researchers or ministries that talk about a two to five year period. I don't, in our experience, um, it doesn't take five years. There's some that's like, man, it has to be a two to five year process. It really doesn't have to be five years. There's people that have come into our programs, to be honest with you, after a 30-year addiction, and from day one, they never go back to it. Hmm. And it's because in their process, they're learning how to give thanks. They're learning how to pray. They're learning God's truth about them and how God sees them, that even in the midst of their addiction, they're not an addict. God would never call you an addict in your prayer closet. He'll call you free. He'll call you a child of God. He'll call you redeemed, even when we're struggling in sin. And so you learn God's identity and you learn to speak that over yourself. It can speed up this process of, of changing the way that you think. And so I don't know, like there's different studies that talked about the time frame, but I would just encourage people that it will happen and go on a lifelong journey of, of growth and transformation. Don't let it be three months or two years or five years. And then it's like, okay, I'm free. Like continue on the things that you're doing when you're in this transformation process. So good. So do you think that um do you think that couples should like wait until there's like a certain period of time for rewiring or as long as someone's made the decision to um implement these new practices in their life then um you know then they can thrive or do you think that like individually people should rewire alone yeah are you talking about should they wait to have sex in the, um yes wait to have sex definitely that would be the uh question the a part and then b even just like stay stay together um mainly in dating because when you're married that is a little bit sure <laughs> more to, <laughs> not as accessible to like leave but um yeah i think that was would be the two points there. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. When you're dating, I mean, you're not in a covenant relationship. You're, you're, you're gathering information. Do you want to be with somebody who, who has this problem? But I wouldn't, you know, if you feel like the relationship's right, I wouldn't leave just because you find out about an addiction or you find out about a struggle. Leave if after you find out there's no pro there's no progress or there's no desire for grow or, or for growth or there's no desire for freedom. That's when you leave. But if you can work it out, like if you when you're dating, if you can go through something really really hard and work it out together and still stay committed, that's a really cool foundation to start a marriage on. And so yeah, I mean, you got to see. And this is why I was counseling that other guy. Like, don't propose until you've gotten this out and you've had many conversations about it because it's not just getting porn out. It's like, how can you manage conflict at a high level? What insecurities get exposed when you hear that your partner is, is dealing with that? What insecurities in the, in maybe in the guy, if he's the one watching porn, but women watch porn too. So wh who, whichever gender it is, what insecurities do you have about exposing uh, your struggle? Like, don't just expose it, but like, what are the insecurities? What are the hindrances that you have that are stopping you from exposing that? And so all of those things factor into should you leave or should you not? But you, you, you get to learn a lot when you go through this process. Um, when you're married, we just don't recommend, you know, some people, some couples do this. Hey, we, you know, porn, got, porn use got exposed in our marriage. We got to have 90 days without sex. As a rule, that's fine. I'm not against it. I'm not necessarily always for it. 
Um, this is what I'm for. When, when, a, when a person is watching porn and then they're coming and having sex, often they're using their spouse for sex. They're using their spouse and they're imagining pornography. They're imagining mm-hmm. different women. They're, in, they're fantasizing about something different and they're using their spouse. And so in the recovery process, don't have sex if, it, if you're using each other. If, you're, if you feel like there's not the emotional or spiritual connection, take a break. Talk about it. Talk about what you guys want. Talk about how not to have sex, but how to make love, how to come to, together and serve each other. And scripture talks about a man giving, giving his wife her conjugal rights. And then secondly, the woman giving the husband her, his conjugal rights. So first is a man giving to the woman. Second, a woman giving to the wife. That's even why on average, guys take two minutes to orgasm and a woman is like 14, 17, 45 minutes, like whatever it is, it takes a lot longer. So if a, if a wife gives to the husband first, then the wife is like, oh, there's nothing left for me. But if the w- husband gives to the wife first and it takes, you know, however long it takes for the wife to, to be satisfied, to feel pleasure. Well, then the, that she can then give to the husband. Maybe it's at the same time where they climax. Maybe it's at different times, but the order is very important that God wrote husband give to wife. So if a husband is, is, is struggling with pornography, even I can, I can talk to this myself is like your brain is wired to just get, it's like you're horny and you just want to get, you want to receive. It's all about you. So if that's the mindset in marriage, when you're coming together, take a break, talk about this, talk about how you can do things a little bit differently, where it's more serving each other and taking care of each other. I love that. We're going to quote you. <laughs> Thinking of all the Instagram graphics we can make right now. <laughs> that is really true. I heard this saying um, that you should you should pursue purity instead of pleasure. And that's been something that I've carried with me through my relationships. Um, to like always check myself is because we do have physical impulses and needs. And a lot of the times we think about pleasure before pursuing, um, you know, the person. And, and so I, I, I stick with that too, but that's That's the same in, in, um, in marriage. Like if you're having sex, like your mindset, like it's the same mm -hmm. mindset there as it is when you're dating that's a really good principle i love it mm-hmm. um yeah so lydia do you have a thought here yeah i think kind of last question i have and yeah probably what we'll end on is what's your greatest piece of advice for someone struggling with a porn addiction yeah you know in the bible it talks about walk in the light as he is in the light and have community, have fellowship with one another. You've got to have people in your life. You've got to have fellowship. You've got to talk to, um, you've got to talk to people who are safe. And, you know, it might be one person, two person, two people, three people at the start. We recommend having three people, at least in terms of an accountability structure, structure in your life. There's wisdom in having a multitude of counselors, scripture talks about. So there's wisdom in having a multitude and not just one. Um, but I would recommend, I really recommend, and not just a plug, but like, we really recommend groups. And that's why we, 
we have these groups and I've been really astonished at the power. Like I thought most people would get really, really impacted by one-on-one sessions and one-on-one coaching, which people do really get impacted by that. But there are so many testimonies from the groups that we run in our ministry. And, uh, and, and lots, for me, it's very humbling because I don't even know who is in these groups. I don't know their stories. We have various leaders that lead groups that we train. And so the, the leaders know what they're doing to help someone. But, um, but it's so powerful for people to have a group of, of men or a group of women to walk alongside and grow with because you're being impacted, but you're also impacting other people at the same time. When you're willing to be vulnerable with your own stuff, you're, you're actually a leader. Like you're, you're, you're creating an environment where the person you're talking to then feels safe. And they're like, oh, I could be vulnerable with something too. And you might even hear, like I hear literally every week, it's like, you might even hear someone say, I've never told anyone this, but, and then they're going to trust you with the secret. And so you've got to, you've got to have a group of people around you and get everything out. Um, walk in the light, expose the darkness in your life. And when people are struggling with porn, often the first thing is I struggle with lust, but don't say I struggle with lust. Our leaders know that when they hear someone in the group saying, Hey, I struggle with lust. They stop that person. They say, what does that mean? Okay. Well, I watched pornography twice. I masturbated twice. I went to massage parlor. It's like struggling with lust is actually a cover word. Often struggling with porn is a cover word. Hey, I struggle with porn. But what kind of pornography? Was it same-sex porn? Was it child porn? Was it bestiality? Was it all was it orgy? Like was it what what kind of porn was it? Because a lot of times the shame goes into the kinds of porn. A lot of people have shame around incest porn that they watch. And they're like, man, like I have no desire for incest in my life. Why do I watch this stuff? And so it's easy to confess porn, but it's a little bit harder to confess the kind of pornography that you watch. Mm-hmm. And so you got to get that out. And then we talk about, you got to expose um, like, like the hesitancy that you have to expose yourself. Hey, I'm scared that, you know, if I tell you, you're going to judge me. If I tell you, you're going to think that, you know, I don't love God. You're going to think that I can't do anything in my life. Like what's stopping you from telling people, tell them that too. And this is a principle to remember in this. If you're, if you're insecure, if you share your insecurity with someone, you become more secure. So if you feel insecure, uh, like, hey, I'm scared to tell you, to tell someone this because I'm scared of what they'll think of me afterwards. Well, when you tell that person, all of a sudden now you have a security with that person to talk about the stuff that you struggle with. And you're realizing like, oh, they love me. Oh, they're having a conversation with me. And so it, it grows the security in your own heart and in that relationship where you're willing to share your insecurity. So that's maybe kind of a long answer, but what should someone do if they're, if they're watching porn or struggling, get everything out, find safe people um, and walk in fellowship with people, find people to do that with. Uh, we also, in our ministry, we do something cool. It's called a cleansing hour and cleansing hour. I've come to love them and we have different people that do it, but a cleansing hour is like, there's no set price for it. People just come, they can donate whatever amount they want for the hour. But literally it's like, we just guide you on getting everything out. Every, every single person that comes in is so nervous. People are like, I've been nervous shaking for like four hours. I got to tell something I've never told. But 
by the end, it's like every single time they're like, oh, I feel so light. Thank you. And people are crying and we can pray for people. And it's really cool. And so we guide people in, in really cleansing their soul and getting everything out. And so it's a cool first step for people. Thank you so much for listening to the second episode with Matt from Restored Ministries, where we talked about the rewiring process of your brain and what this looks like in men and women and how we can work on rewiring our brains together. And we would love to hear your questions, comments, or concerns at our Instagram, theholyship.podcast. Also feel free to email us at theholyship.podcast at gmail.com. We're so appreciative of you of listening to our podcast and supporting us by subscribing and liking and interacting with us on social media. Until next time, thank you.